coming from multifamily here, I'm like, okay, you know what? I know for a matter of fact that it is maintenance expenses that kind of like tears everything up and you can really go over budget in maintenance expenses. Then coming to um, storage, I'm seeing that the maintenance expenses were really, really low yeah. and all. So with um, multifamily, you know, HVAC always broken. Yeah. Problems with yep. plumbing, yep. <laughs> problem with electricity and, yep. you know, stuff like that. But in storage, you get very, very minimal of that. And the kind of expenses that you see that will be higher in storage some of the time in some facilities compared to multifamily would be like maybe junk removal fees, which will be kind of lower in multifamily. So that was kind of different to see. And even landscape, like in multifamily, you have a lot of landscaping, which costs a lot of money. Yeah. But in storage, most of that land is already built. Mm -hmm. So that that's some areas I saw that that was different. When you guys are looking at property management software for your storage facilities, there's a ton of options out there, but no other option compares to Tenant Inc. Tenant Inc. is going to be your one-stop shop solution that has an amazing amount of tools that you can deploy at your fingertips to maximize the value of your facility, to operate it more efficiently, more effectively. They have an open API where you can back in almost anything you want. You own your data, and it's just an incredible solution. I can't say enough good things about these guys. Link is in the show notes. Be sure to check out Tenant Inc. Welcome, everybody, to Self Storage Income, and today... I am so excited to have Marianne with us. How are you doing? I'm doing great. Thank you. Well, How are thank you? you? Doing awesome. <laughs> yeah. So we have been so fortunate to have you join our team. And you come with a background in asset management. And in particular, you came from multifamily. And asset management is a, uh, a, a big thing for us, especially how we're vertically integrated and looking at those in a separate control almost piece mm -hmm. for our facilities mm -hmm. and communications. Mm -hmm. And this was a, a piece that we really felt in our organization for a while was missing. Mm -hmm. And so you came in from scratch. We did not have an asset management department we didn't have anything on that that end because asset management to us was it was almost just property management mm -hmm. and the private equity side which it really is not mm -hmm. right that's not totally their job functions or whatnot so you had to step in yes. and basically kind of been creating it mm -hmm. and learning what we do and how we do it so you get to see a lot within our business yes. and self-storage yes yes so i have over 20 years of multi-family property management experience and i've just been in storage for about four months and it's been so different so i came and thinking that oh real estate is real estate is one and the same <laughs> but it's not so it's really so interesting learning the differences and also really helping the team and see yeah. where we can improve and that mm -hmm. has been so exciting yes so exciting and we have a lot you know it's so interesting your perspective and bringing it in and looking at it because it it completely changes a lot of the overall uh, conversations we have and how we look at it because you're not coming from a position of like, well, I'm in this department and I think we should do this or have this work. It's like, no, it, we're just simply looking at the asset overall, mm -hmm. right? And I'm not tied in with any of these things and you get to work as with the companies yes. on the outside yes. and really bring up 
things that we may not even be seeing. Mm-hmm. And the total fishbowl effect where absolutely. you can really be outside of it mm-hmm. looking in and saying, hey, let's do this, let's do that, and really help guide those conversations and ask yeah. some of those questions. And, you know, we might have, like AJ is talking about, we might have biases, we might have... Yeah you know, assumptions about things because we've had certain experiences in the past, but yeah. then having somebody come in and like test those, like, yeah. are you sure? Like, yeah. are you sure that's how that works or how we should be doing that thing? Um, so it's fantastic having that outside perspective yes. coming in, asking the questions, poking the holes in the plans and making sure that all the bases are covered and we are squeezing as much juice out of these things as, as possibly yep. as we possibly can. I think one thing, one key area is like the key um, performance KPIs, right? And yes. all for the different facilities. And like looking at where the occupancy is for each facility and why. And for those facilities that are doing great, how come you're doing greater than another one and yeah. everything? So trying to compare facilities and also what is causing these trends and all. So that has been very, very interesting to see and everything having like a pulse on everything so occupancy and rental income yes. and expense ratios and it's so interesting to see why one facility's expense ratio could be higher than another yeah. you know and again coming from multifamily the like kind of expenses are pretty much the same but for storage like having like con- um a temperature controlled facility will have different like expenses than one that is not temperature controlled and also yes. So that's really like some key things that I'm looking at and trying to figure out and also budgeting for these facilities too. looking at just everything in general and making sure that um, we have positive NOIs and all it's it's yeah. really it's really cool to see. Yeah. So why don't you, you know, a lot of people may not they may not even really, you know, they don't either have asset management as in they don't have an actual role, right, an actual department. So why don't you give people an idea of what what it is that you do, first of all, um, what they can do, what they, you know, what we should be doing. And so what is asset management? Because it's not property management, uh-huh. right? It's not private equity. What does that involve? What what does your job and role within the organization um, do and involve? Okay, so my role is to make sure that the facilities are performing and everything and to quickly identify red flags, right? So if there's any way that we're missing on some points to quickly identify that and correct it and the only way to do this is like looking at trends how are we doing how are we performing occupancy check week after week are we increasing our occupancy if we are reducing week after week we need to figure out what is going on in there and except someone like me is checking that week after week we can miss it and just kind of like oh this property is doing well but when it's actually not doing well and also so yeah. figuring out occupancy and how that is trending that is key. And some of the time, like if like occupancy is uh, reducing, it could be because of some elements that is beyond our control. Mm-hmm. Some of the time, like um, there are some months like towards like the f- um, fall period where occupancy starts to reduce. It's just the trend year over year. Yeah. People move out more than people move in. So we can expect some um, reduction in occupancy at that point. So like checking occupancies are one of the things I do. Then expense ratios, right? And everything, checking out our expenses and where we at, what are we spending money on and all. And trying to like really, really make that not tight, but like be conservative and all. And just don't spend too much where you don't have to. Make sure that you're spending according to the budget and all. Because yeah, watching the NOI is super important to the value of the property. So checking those expense ratios in comparison to the budget or the performer is super key. So I do check that. And also, um, 
things I check is like the rent. So what are the rents of this unit, unit types as well, and or compared to what's in the market? Because that would actually help with moving people in, checking sell rates compared to in-place rates as well and all. Yeah. So if, for example, um, we have unit types like 10 by 10s and you have like maybe 20 of them that you have to fill, what, are, what is the competition leasing those for and all? You want to check, are you comparable to the market or you're not? Some of the yes. time, maybe you're overpriced and you want to reduce it. And stuff like that is stuff of, some of the things that I checked as well. Then, yeah, I, I think you, and you brought up so many good points here. And one of the things that I, I really like that you said, because it's really important, is to not just report, but you want to understand why, mm -hmm. right? So, okay, hold on. Is this a in our control? Is it out of our control? But two, a lot of times, why is it occurring? So mm -hmm. it, I think it's so easy for people to just say, it's the market. Mm -hmm. And I hate doing that mm -hmm. because we immediately give up control. And I hate it. I don't like accepting things the way they are. So even if it is the market, then how do we change it? But when you're looking at these trends, like you mentioned, that sometimes that correlation mm -hmm. you think's obvious, but it's not. Mm -hmm. Perfect example of that would be occupancy. Occupancy's high. That means we're doing well. Well, okay, but why is revenue dropping, mm -hmm. right? And that actually happened. So like we had a, a facility that we were in fill-up mode, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. So you're in fill-up mode, all of a sudden we start giving discounts, everything else. Mm -hmm. Occupancy was going up, but we weren't seeing a corresponding rise in revenue. And obviously that's because we were trying to fill it up mm -hmm. and then we would do revenue management mm -hmm. afterwards. Um, but really digging into these trends, why, and you mentioned, why is this one successful? Mm -hmm. And why is this one struggling in this area? Mm -hmm. What can we learn? How can we apply it? Mm -hmm. And diagnosing performance mm -hmm. more than even just reporting it. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Exactly. And, and there's so many other factors like to look at when you're trying to diagnose issues with like occupancy and all. You want to look at like your unit types. We've seen like maybe in a facility, like maybe the um, 10 by 20s are moving much faster than the 10 by fives and all. We're seeing that like maybe people in that demographic, that area just mm -hmm. need bigger spaces. So being able to like look at and see that, oh, the 10 by fives are smaller. Maybe we should like remove some walls and make them bigger so we can like lease yes. up these ones. So stuff like that is things that we have to like first analyze it and everything and be able to like make um, decisions on how to like move occupancy yes. and, and stuff like so it's super important and it's it, it too this is an issue that like we were talking even before we got on the podcast here how a lot of people didn't ever spend any time diagnosing things because there was nothing to diagnose everybody was full every and rate, mm -hmm. rents were raising so a lot of people didn't even know okay we're giving rental rate increases but should you have been giving more or less mm -hmm. and you didn't need to worry about it because there was no vacancy mm -hmm. So it was just everybody's full, everybody's rising rates. And so nobody took the time, right? Nobody actually looked to solve those problems, which was very different than when we got started. Mm -hmm. It was no, the average occupancy is, you know, 80%. Mm -hmm. And so it was everything we had to look at and we had to figure out, well, is this working? Is that not working? Right. Um, and I think a lot of people got out of this asset management um, habit of the diagnosing part mm -hmm. to understand, especially when markets are changing, mm -hmm. that's really, really important. And uh, um, it, it's just something I think that the industry in general mm -hmm. had put 
either to a back burner or forgot completely oh, totally. about. Well, and I think you put it really good, AJ, as you said that, you know, there might be those uncontrollables like the markets that happen. But again, like you said, how do you respond to those things? Yes. Because it's not like you can just throw your hands in the air and be like, no, I don't know what to do. Yeah. There's nothing I can do. It's like, no, <laughs> no, you have to do something. You have to do something. And, and what is that? And one of those things that I love that you'd shared with me at one point, Marianne, was the, uh, was it the four P's that you went through? Do you want to go through that really quick is how you, how you jump in, diagnose and ensure that, you know, the asset and the product type and the customer and those different things are good. Yeah. Okay. Sounds good. Let me share that with you. So um, the four P's that is price, um, product, promotion, and people is, um, so if there's a red flag with occupancy, I always go through my four P's to kind of diagnose and see what the issues are. So price, what are the price compared to the price out there, the competition's price? Are we in line? Are we not in line? Should we be dropping rates and all? So that is important. Then the products, as I mentioned, 10 by 10s, 10 by 5s, which one is moving? Which one is not? Is it on the second floor? Is it on the first floor? What's the curb appeal like? Are your fences broken? Are they not broken? When people walk through your facilities, what do they see? Is it attractive? So we're talking about the product here. And just it's different from multifamily in a little bit because um, with, with storage, there's so many levers you can pull and everything, which is kind of very different from multifamily. So with product, just to know what it is that you're selling, how many of it you have available, which is moving, which is not moving, how can you move things around and yes. all. Um, promotion is another key one. How are you advertising? Where are you advertising? What pictures do you have out there? And all, how are people finding you? Are your phones working? And the stuff yeah. like that. And where you're advertising, like your competition, are they also advertising on the same platform? Do they see your prices when they see theirs and all? And how is that comparing to each other? Super important. Then the last thing is the people, like the person in place, the manager, super important customer service, right? And everything. I know I'll pay more for somebody that has like manager that has great customer service. How receptive are they? What kind of concessions are they are they willing to give for me and all? And again, is a manager would that would know like the price out there or are my promotions okay or are my phones ringing ringing less and everything? So people kind of ties everything together. Who you have in place managing this place itself. Those are the four P's in a nutshell. <laughs> I love it. I love how you you walk through and you line item and say, okay, what's happening here mm -hmm. on this end? And a lot of times, because they are inter obviously interconnected, so it, one thing can cause a uh, chain reaction of failures. Mm -hmm. um, like uh, we've seen, and a lot of people see, you have a problem with your listing. Mm -hmm. Well, then all of a sudden you may giving be giving promotions and the promotions aren't working mm -hmm. and you're discounting promotions, but then you looked at your advertisements to find that the listing wasn't working. Mm -hmm. So it wasn't even the fact that the promotions weren't mm -hmm. right or even the market was bad. Mm -hmm. It was just one thing was mm -hmm. kind of broken. Mm -hmm. And when you start to look at those things as a connected chain, yeah. you find, all right, we have the product, right? We have the people, we have all this. Where in this lineup is something not connecting? Where is something broken mm -hmm. that's now causing mm -hmm. these issues? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, because you can't throw the baby out with the bathwater, right? Especially, yeah. and you can't just start pulling all the levers like you're talking about, mm -hmm. not knowing exactly what's going on. Mm -hmm. um, and like like we've seen, I mean, there's been a number of times where we've identified an issue, we'll jump in and we find that broken piece. Yes. We can jump in, we can fix it, 
get it taken care of and, and move forward. And then we automatically will see that increase. We've seen it in occupancies. You know, mm -hmm. when we've gone in and done some aggressive rate management, mm -hmm. we've seen that increase in occupancy mm -hmm. take place yeah. uh, because the product, the people, the, you know, all the other factors were good. Yes. Right. So exactly. When it comes to designing your self-storage facility, it is so imperative that you capitalize on the square footage and the efficiency of the facility as best as possible. You don't want to have to start redesigning a facility way down the development process. You want it right, right from the get-go. And that is what we're here to help you guys with. Follow the link below in the show notes, get in touch with us, and our in-house architect can start working with you today. And now... You, you've, we've talked about, and you mentioned, I'd love to even dive into this more. What what were the main differences between multifamily and doing asset management in that and moving over to storage? What what are those main differences that you've seen that stood out to you? Um, I mean, both good and bad, but. Okay, I'll say number one on the expense side and all coming from multifamily here. I'm like, okay, you know what? I know for a matter of fact that it is maintenance expenses that kind of like tears everything up and you can really go over budget in maintenance expenses. Then coming to um, storage, I'm seeing that the maintenance expenses were really, really, really low yeah. and all. So with um, multifamily, you know, HVAC always broken. Yeah. Problems with yep. plumbing. Yep. <laughs> Problem with electricity and, yep. you know, stuff like that. But in storage, you get very, very minimal of that. And the kind of expenses that you will see that will be higher in storage some of the time in some facilities compared to multifamily will be like maybe junk removal fees, which will be kind of lower in multifamily. So that was kind of different to see and even landscape like in multifamily you have a lot of landscaping which costs a lot of money yeah. but in storage most of that land is already built yes. and also um snow removal sorry not snow removal landscape like mowing is less yeah snow removal can be maybe higher or like pretty much the same mm -hmm. so that that's some areas i saw that that was different and also when it comes to um rent increases like in place rents and um just rent increase in general in multifamily, we usually would look at the loss to lease. So we'll compare the rent the tenant is currently paying and the rent that they would get like a two by two bedroom for out there in the market. And usually the tenant is paying less than what is out there. So there's a loss to lease, right? And everything. It could be like, oh, three hundred dollars or four hundred dollars. Like even right after COVID, it went up to like maybe $600 for some people that they were getting such high raises and all. But in um, storage, when I kind of went to use that same formula here, it didn't work, right? Because the sell rates, how much you're seeing um, units listed were so much lower than the tenants are paying and all. So what it is, is like um, the rents, the sell rate is lower. So I, I'm after they have moved in, you can then do like rent adjustment or rent increases. So you couldn't really do like a loss to lease at that point, unless you'd be giving people back money and all. So somebody moves in, uh, maybe they have a 10 by 20 and they were paying like $150 or $200 for their 10 by 20, right? And yeah. all, but because the market has changed somehow, those rates have really, really come down to like maybe $70 just to get them in, right? So you're trying to do like, rent increase for somebody already paying $200 and everything. And they're going out there thinking that they can get this unit for $70. They can, but it's just that in a few months, it probably will go back up again and all. So trying to find the dynamics of those rent increases and all and how to really compare 
and increase like the in-place rate is so different in multifamily than storage so yes. those are some like key differences that i've seen so far i've been, just, I've been doing it this just for about four months but yeah, yeah. <laughs> but but i mean you know yeah four months but you see everything because uh one of the you know big part of your position that you look it's just obviously full access to all expenses you're you're the only one probably in the organization that is literally working with all components and so you are on the expense, the revenue, you're on the marketing, you are on the overall um, uh, management from occupancy, from lease, from uh, you're looking at as well, you're on the maintenance schedules and the cost uh, there, you're looking at the financing, okay, when do we have our IO, when does that burn off, when do we pay the full interest rate, when do, you know, I mean, you're seeing all of it. Yes. and. It, it is you're you're diving into each one mm -hmm. as you're you're looking at that, mm -hmm. um, and that that allows you too to really see um, these trends. Yes. And yes. okay, this is working the same way across all of them, mm -hmm. but we have some outliers, right? Mm -hmm. So I think that that uh, even just four months, you've you've seen a lot. <laughs> yes. Yeah. No because yeah. Uh, too, most of the facilities, I think that it's important to remember that Marianne's looking at the vast majority of these facilities are, these are value add assets. Mm -hmm. So these are assets that we are turning around. Yes. Um, they are either high vacancy assets that we bought or they're underperforming in one way. We have developments we mm -hmm. have, right? So it is the gambit and these aren't, uh, um, these aren't simple no. straight line facilities <laughs> no. that everything is just going fine and cash is coming out you know every month um you know these are uh, their projects yes mm -hmm. and it's so interesting to see like month over month like when we get a new acquisition month over month how those expenses reduce like so when we get it is high vacancy and high expenses yes. and if i am even a little like oh a little panic that what is going on here but month over month things start to improve occupancy starts to improve yeah. um expenses start to reduce and everything is just like really even just in a few months things are looking yeah. like really really good so it's always so exciting to see and yeah. i just can't wait to like get new pro um, projects and yeah. just like value adds and increase those facilities and mm -hmm. make them yeah very very yeah we yeah. It, we love it it's it's our favorite mode of of doing it and um you know that that puts you though into an interesting place because lots of the times we are first of all we, we we may not know so we may not exactly know all of the you know you you can never know no matter how good your due diligence is all the skeletons in the closet it's not how it works if you're not operating in that market with that asset class mm -hmm. you you're going to take it over and you're going to learn things so we have this learning curve with the asset itself uh but then not only that we are changing all of the internal stuff right so we, that onboarding process mm -hmm. and the way that we do it and then we're either being aggressive or not aggressive and then we're seeing what works and doesn't so it, there there is that learning process and okay let's try this let's move the market reacts to this that we kind of go through and that's really cool to be able to see to learn and to see this is this is working but really it's problem solving mm -hmm. Right, and that's what uh, your main job is, is right. to look. And even if there's not a problem, to identify and say, this is working good, mm -hmm. we, should, you know, exactly. we should do this over Such here. Such an important exactly. distinction yeah. because we can get so caught up in identifying what's broken and mm -hmm. what's not working and trying to solve those problems instead of doing that diagnosis 
on what's actually working. Yeah. Yes. Doing that same thing, like, hey, the promotions are good, the people are good, this is good, that's good. Like going through that same process and being able to take that cookie cutter and apply it to those other assets. And again, I mean, we're in different markets, we're in different areas, the same strategy is not gonna work every time, but we can at least take those metrics that we know work and apply yes. them in those other areas to improve. Absolutely. Now, I think um, when we look at um, overall, we have like our storage facilities, right? We take them over. Your job then is to be getting, analyzing, making these larger trends that you're looking at. And you have built a lot of uh, tools to track this, literally from scratch, right? So you're, you're, you're building out, and everyone, Marion's building out, we have these large, obviously, spreadsheet that takes all of these inputs that we're looking at. Well, when you're doing that with all this information, which can be overwhelming because there's so much, what are some of the uh, key KPIs that you mentioned earlier that you are putting in, that you're tracking, that are, are those KPIs are showing you things? Uh, what are those that you really focus on? Okay. Um, first of all, it should be occupancy, right, and everything. So checking the percentage of occupancy for each facility and also watching the trend, right, and everything. So it's important that it's trending upwards and not trending downwards. So checking occupancy is very good. Then expense ratio is another one I check and all. And each facility has like a slightly different expense ratio from another one. And, some, um, and it could be because maybe of the um, rental income level or how many units are in the um, facility. So it does depend. But checking that expense ratio and also checking, checking the trend for that, that nothing crazy happens and all and everything. Yes. That So that is super important. Um, some of the other things I check is delinquency, right? And all, making sure that we're getting all the monies that we are owed yes. and all. And um, of course, we have like um, a percentage that we know that we have to collect by the end of the month and all. So making sure that calls are being made and we're collecting all that we're supposed to collect and all is some of the key things that I check just to check like the health of each facility. It's more of like putting like a pulse, knowing the pulse of each facility, the, like, the financial health of each facility and not dropping the ball and everything. Yeah. You have to check different things and making sure that everything is working together for the um, facility to be successful. And yeah. you, you mentioned something that it's important. I think people should know, you mentioned, you know, every facility uh, uh, is different. And I think that when we look, because of our situation, what we create, uh, you know, an overall outline or business plan with objectives um, that we're trying to get. So um, you have your KPIs that you're looking at and lots of times we're benchmarking that to the expectations. So you actually put out and then you put on the side, which we've gone through and individually. So even though the expense ratios may be different, we've sat down and said, this is what this one should mm -hmm. be. Mm -hmm. And so we then you're tracking it and you're also looking through those KPIs mm -hmm. at what is the overall outcome that we're trying to achieve? How close are we to that? And if that is diverging from mm -hmm. what we want, is mm -hmm. it getting better mm -hmm. or is it uh, getting worse? Mm -hmm. And two, having you in on that and understanding that business plan, mm -hmm. all right, well, this facility, we are going to have higher expenses for mm -hmm. six months mm -hmm. because we've got to do all this stuff, mm -hmm. right? So then that's fine that that KPI is higher, right? Now it may not be our target, but we understand exactly. and that will result in higher revenue. So mm -hmm. that's why, mm -hmm. you know, why we're doing it. And a lot of people, they, we, we talk about this a lot, but a, making storage a business, right? Mm -hmm. And approaching it like a business mm -hmm. and literally building out a business plan. So what is your business plan for that asset? Mm -hmm. And then all of a sudden that gives a lot more meaning on those 
KPIs and what you're trying to achieve and track because you're benchmarking it to the plan, mm -hmm. the goals and the outcomes you're trying to achieve. Yeah, mm -hmm. and very recently we did some like rent increases and uh, with that we knew that there, were, there may be some move outs and everything, 10%, yep. 20%. Yep. So like if I was going to look at the trend when those move out happens and I see like a slight drop in occupancy, we can attribute it to the fact that we yes. gave rent increase, but not to the mm -hmm. point where we're losing yeah. and all, but we're getting those people that are paying like lower rents out to be able to get the people that will be paying higher rents and also. And, and you right. did this. So it's important when you, you say this, like we, we actually broke it down. So we have our internal rev management um, system that is not like our hired out one, but the way that we do, and, and we have this big spreadsheet. And then what we look at is, okay, predicated on these things, mm -hmm. we can have a level that is acceptable and not. So. If we had a 10% move out, mm -hmm. we're still making X amount more than we would have, mm -hmm. even if they stayed. Yes. If we had 20%, we're still making more than one. Well, we had one facility that we're looking at it, even if 30% moved out, we're yes. still way better yes. off, right? Yeah. But then other ones, it may say, okay, after 20%, it actually inverses. Yes. The move outs are actually making us make less money than right. when. Mm -hmm. So we, we before we even gave those rate, rate, rate increases, you've already mapped that out. And we mm -hmm. already know those levels. And then we can look and say, are these rate increases aggressive, uh, uh, so aggressive that we're going to hit mm -hmm. those different levels? Mm -hmm. And then it moves into like a sensitivity. Right. And so that's all taking place and you're doing that before we even do it. So it's not just, oh, give rate increases and we're going to watch and hope, you know, we're really analyzing that. And that gives you the data and information that you need to then say, okay, we know what we can do here yes. now. Now we can go to a next level of rate increases mm -hmm. because now we got that feedback and you understand we gave these rate increases and we had 5% move out. We actually wanted 15% to mm -hmm. move out, mm -hmm. right? And yeah. so <laughs> then, then from there, you can make the changes mm -hmm. according to the plan and what you're trying to do. Yeah. Right. A couple things on, on your sheet that's really helpful for me that I know you, you also map on your data is the, the income trend and then also the net move-ins, move-outs. Mm -hmm. So being able to see not only that occupancy and what's happening there, but being able to immediately identify, hey, we're having net negative move-outs in this facility. Mm -hmm. And that facility has been super helpful for us. Um, and then those other metrics you weekly. talked about. We track that on a, weekly. Yeah, exactly yeah. right. On a weekly basis. And then you know, like you guys are talking about, just getting granular with the unit types and these facilities and driving not just the rates and the standard increases as per normal, but what can you do outside of that um, to push push those rates to drive that revenue even more? Uh, well, and that's and another thing she does because she breaks it out for exactly us on right. unit, like, okay, that vacancy, yep. where is it? So mm -hmm. like Connor is saying, it's specific to unit type, which, you know, we, we I have a YouTube video you guys, I think, could check out because I actually show what you've done and I actually show Marianne's report on there because it shows our facility and we say this facility has um it's a fill-up facility we have 40 percent you know vacancy in it but then if you go that next level that vacancy 70 percent of that vacancy is in one unit size and that's generally what we see mm -hmm. so even if it's 10 percent vacancy mm -hmm. or 15 20 it doesn't matter the vacancy it's usually concentrated in one two, maybe three sizes will be the vast majority, if not all of it. Then the other sizes have just no vacancy. That alone, what that tells us and what that creates a plan. Mm -hmm. So then right. what Mariana can do, she takes that and says, now let's look at rate increases. Okay. Now we know sensitivity. Mm -hmm. yeah. So now we know here's the three sizes where all the vacancy is, but here's the six sizes. That good. 
that are good that don't have any. Yeah. And so now that's why when we say Marianne's tar targeting uh, to hedge against that vacancy, right? It's we can get this without incurring huge amounts of vacancy. And in fact, we can give discounts on those other unit types on the street rate Correct. to get them in. Yes. Therefore, hedging and actually buffering against our occupancy drop. We'll be filling in the other units at a discount, giving rate increases on the units that we know we can, and we'll get move outs, which we actually want because we want new people to come in at higher rates. That increases what is called our gross revenue potential. Mm -hmm. So we may have even if we had lost 20% of people, but if the new at the new rate, the property's gross revenue potential just went way up and we're making more revenue. So that's that's a good thing. But what we taking that profile on those units and looking at it, you can then determine. And all of a sudden, it's not just in the dark throwing a dart. Mm -hmm. You actually have created charts, data, mm -hmm. which we're targeting individual unit sizes. So we're maximizing rate increases and vacancy at the same time we do it before we even pull those triggers. Correct. Really good data and information that's, you know, pivotal. And that stuff too that you're creating, we don't get that. You can't, we can't go pay for the software system that mm -hmm. we do use and we use like revenue management stuff, mm -hmm. but we're talking about stuff that we built out and you built out, not we, you, mm -hmm. uh, and uh, to go to the side of that mm -hmm. to run, run on it. And we had one facility was at, um, our Denver location and how much, I'm trying to remember how much we figured an increase on that thing it would was, be, it was huge. It, it was like $29,000 yeah. increase in one month. In one yeah, month. Every month. Yeah. Every yeah. month. And that's when we went very less aggressive. Yes. Yeah, not, exactly. <laughs> that was our less aggressive. So to give you any ideas, you're talking like $300,000 net over a year on the less aggressive one. Oh. $300,000 net, I mean, even at a 10 cap, that's $3 million. That's a $6 million increase on a five cap in a number one metro area. And that is where we're, that's where we're predicating our goals and everything. So, all right, we want to increase value and income. Well, we just mapped out exactly how we can do that. $6 million on one facility. And we saw even on that, we could lose literally over 30% and we're still way up. Yes. Now, we don't think we will because once again, that was the less aggressive one. Correct. But yes. the next aggressive one will come after you get the data and then mm -hmm. you can see. Mm -hmm. So you guys, I, I, I hope you see what, what Marianne's doing is first of all, building out that plan off the data she's getting. Then she's moving forward and creating a plan, whether that is through our rate increases based upon vacancy, everything to achieve goals, to increase that. And then we're implementing to get the feedback and then we keep rolling it out. Yes. And it is it is a layering trial and error uh, process. Mm -hmm. And you're doing it predicated on feedback. We're gonna, mm -hmm. Did this, didn't work, let's try something new, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. um, and it, it a lot of people, First of all, treat the units all as one. All 10 by 10s, the exact same thing, all 10%. Or the facility as a whole. Mm -hmm. We're gonna give all the tenants a 6% rate increase, right? And what happens is you'll lose the tenants you were gonna lose, but then the tenants you weren't gonna lose, that would have paid twice or three times as much, you don't get it. So you actually get the worst of both Correct. worlds. Correct, mm -hmm. yeah. And I know that um, back when I was in multifamily, there was a time that I, primarily did like the rental increases 
but there was a time that I wasn't enjoying it for a while and somebody else did and they did like the like a three percent throughout and with multifamily you lock them in for a year yes worst mistake ever ever because mm. you can't do anything about it you You're can't stuck. do it yeah you can't do anything about it yeah and everything but that as you said that's sensitivity like look yes. at each unit type and all and everything look at the tenants in those unit types yeah. what is the maximum you're giving that one tenant like we found some people that were paying like maybe 80 percent less than the average and all because you know they Maybe they got like the family and friends deal. Yeah, Who knows yeah. how many Never years ago? Never got a rate increase yeah. five years. Or... You know, and everything. That person, if you give them like the maximum, they either will pay or will move out. But if they move out, we're not even losing and everything yeah. because we can get somebody in without even trying because they're exactly. paying too low, exactly. too low, right? And all and everything. So just like looking at each individual and everything and seeing what their rent increase is going to be and, and all. And when and everybody, when when she says individual, I mean individual we're looking at individual doors individual people like we actually have spreadsheets we're build them out and she's looking at and we're saying okay this is where you know this is at and i think that more of that micro approach everyone should be taking um and uh, once again not treating it just like real estate not just stand or walk away and that's the important difference that you just mentioned multifamily versus storage and our abilities there's just all these levers and things that we can do. And if you're not using them, you're leaving money on the table. You really are. And then the other thing you touched on a little bit is, is timeline. And I wanted to stress the importance of making those decisions. You know, we talked about looking at these metrics every week. You know, we're looking at your spreadsheets, we're looking at this data, and then making those decisions, making sure we're on track, off track, building more roadmaps into the future. But it's super important that you guys and that we are looking at these metrics every single week because mm -hmm. by the time you identify the problem, get a solution in place, execute that, send the notices to tenants, do the updates of the facilities, whatever. I mean, you're talking months of time. Yes. And if you don't identify those things quickly and act immediately, you could be way, way well, behind. Way behind, L literally a year behind. Because I mean, mm -hmm. it, it, if you have, and we've done this, you can't figure something out for two, three months. It's during the busy season, you know something's wrong. By the time you do and can implement it, you're out of the busy season. Mm -hmm. So you just lost the whole busy season. So this weekly approach, it also shows outliers where it's like all of a sudden one number jumped mm -hmm. and it was like, whoa, what happened mm -hmm. here? Like, you know, and it allows you to get um, your feedback loops a lot smaller. Mm -hmm. And really that's the key. It's that identification, it's the diagnosing, and then it's the fixing it and doing it quickly. Mm -hmm. And that was the hardest thing for our organization to be totally honest without you. There's so many assets, so many doors. Mm -hmm. It was like, we couldn't quickly diagnose those things and we couldn't find them. By the time we were finding them, we were finding them in the PL. And that's the worst thing possible. Mm -hmm. you, you find mistakes in PL, you're finding it because there's something wrong with the financials. And then you got to go back and start digging into, but you're getting that on the clear on the back end right um and so don't let your pnl show you mistakes you should have your kpis that show you mistakes before they ever hit the pnl so um well this is just mass amounts of incredible information um everybody you can go to uh, youtube 
uh, I know we have a, a whole video where I show the chart on vacancies that you made and how um, in individual unit sizes and what that looks like. Uh, but thank you so much for coming on. Thank we you. are so happy to have you as part of the team. I mean, the it's you know classic who not how but really what you you do and show um we're we're, we're very proud of it here i so. love it i love it here here too the team is amazing and yeah my daughter i have to say this my daughter was like mom you can't be serious you enjoy going to work <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's a lot of us here and storage you know? yeah storage you enjoy storage but yeah. we like it yeah. so yeah. well thanks for coming on and we'll uh definitely hear from you again thank so thank you thanks. thank you so much thanks marianne and thanks everybody we'll see you next time thank you awesome that was wonderful. thanks everybody for listening now if you're like me which you're listening to this podcast so you probably are there just doesn't seem to be enough information that's why we started our self-storage income community with over 300 members so far that are all doing self-storage we include all of our webinars about underwriting finding deals market analysis and operating we include due diligence checklists and our underwriting modeler. So if you want more and you're ready to get started or expand your self-storage investing journey, join today our self-storage income community.